right, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is season two of Reeducated, a podcast where we're going to rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics related to us Black folk in the community of New Mexico. <laughs> so for all of our listeners that are listening nationwide and all around the globe, we really appreciate you tuning in and hanging out with us to discuss some really important topics. So oh, I guess we got to introduce like... ourselves or reintroduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. My name is Danny Golden, and I'll be one of your hosts, and I'm so glad to be joined by... My co-host. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Devin Williams. Hold on, I gotta think. Okay. Do I need? I do I need to get a radio uh, nickname or <laughs> like an alias? <laughs> yeah, right? alias or something. He said, "Hold on." I'm like, Devin I'll just, Williams. <laughs> I'm like, not everybody can know my government and stuff. Like, <laughs> shoot, I might need a. I mean, you might need an alias. You know, just call me Dave. Dave. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be my alias. All right. What's up, Dave? What's up, what's up, Daddy? <laughs> Danny and Dave here, bringing you season two of Re. <laughs> Educated. Just want to make sure you guys remember to go follow us on social media. You can follow the Office of African American Affairs. Of course, they are the wonderful office that allows us to be on this platform in the first place. So we got to show them love. You can go to the website, mm-hmm. which is oaaa.state.nm.us. And you can go to all of our social media. So we have Instagram, we have Twitter, YouTube, and um, I believe you can also go to our Apple Podcasts and Spotify on there. Yeah, beautiful. You can find us on all the platforms. So um, shout out, first of all, to, to Better Sense and M. Scott Loves Life, who did our intro music, which is lovely. I'm loving it even more every episode. This is going to be a little bit different because mm-hmm. we actually have video going yeah. this season. So if you're listening to this podcast episode on Spotify or Apple, you can also check out the counterpart on YouTube, which will have some video. You can kind of see us and see how amazing we look. <laughs> I mean, I, I Devin probably, especially. <laughs> I need an edge up, man. I probably need a retwist or thing, make sure I'm looking good. But no, nah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm, we've gotten past that cold yeah. spurt. I mean, what was it, like Wednesday of this week? Yeah. Where it was like a snowstorm? Yes. And now we're getting into some really good weather. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like spring is definitely upon us. And so, I love the warm weather, honestly. I, I could I could do without any winter or oh, cold yeah. weather. Yeah, me and, too. And I, But I'm, I'm probably weird in the sense of... I'll be the one in the hot tub yeah. during the summer, you know. <laughs> that's how much I love the heat and stuff. I, I'm with you on that for sure. Can't wait for for hot tub times. But yeah, we uh, are glad to have y'all here with us. This episode, we really wanted to just get into a recap of yeah. what we talked about last season. We will be kind of revisiting some of the topics and going more in depth, but we'll also be incorporating some new, fresh topics and just chat and breaking down and like we always say, getting re-educated on some things. So. Exactly. And one of the things just to remind you all that uh, these are the views and opinion of our own and not of the State Office of African American Affairs or any other government agencies, mm-hmm. including the governor's office. And so just to let you know, they're not a part of this. This isn't them. <laughs> this is just us. Well, we're going to have a good time. I have a little list here of all of our topics mm-hmm. from last season. Did you have like a favorite episode from like just the feel of it? Which mm-hmm. one felt good to you? 
I'm like torn because I had yeah. probably three that felt really good to me. Yeah. One would be the sports episode just because I'm very sports oriented due to me playing basketball at yeah. UNM and everything and just coming from like a very sportsy family. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say that one. I'll also say disparities with women in the hospital. I think that mm-hmm. was just one that really touched on a lot of things and because I grew up with mostly women, Mm -hmm. it hit a little close to home just seeing, like, what they go through and seeing something more or less in real time, not being there, but, you know, looking at some very traumatic things in real time and stuff, which I won't go too much into it, but— I love that episode. I feel like Mm -hmm. that episode, we really, we had a great guest, first of all. Lisi came on, who um, was a nursing student Mm -hmm. at— the University of New Mexico. So she had a lot of great insight, not only being on that side, on the inside of, you know, the medical system, but also uh, being a woman of color herself. Mm-hmm. So that was a really interesting episode. I loved our all of our guests, but oh, yeah. she was like, just so great. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then I would say my last one would be the Crown Act, just because of how mm. pivotal, especially for New Mexico, we need it. Yeah. Uh, that piece of legislation put in. And I know we'll uh, talk about it a little bit more yeah. as um, we go through the season just to highlight the amazing work that the COC has done mm-hmm. to get it passed through and it being official now. Yeah, it is. So mm-hmm. if you didn't know, the Crown Act has been passed in New Mexico. And like Devin was saying, we'll get into that. But big shout out to the people that did all the work and went through all the, the stickiness of... Mm-hmm getting that passed. Um, there are a lot of people that will benefit and have wider protections because of it. Exactly. So we'll talk about that. Us being some of those people. <laughs> I got braids in. Yeah. Devin has locks. I mean, you know, we got to be able to express ourselves and, and come as ourselves 100% into whatever space that we're in. So that yeah. feels good. No, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, yeah um, let's get this thing started. I think uh, the first episode was the... Uh, higher education one where we specifically talked about black cultural centers. Mm -hmm. And I also think that one was very dear to my heart just because the Afro at uh, UNM, they're the reason why I was able to push through with my bachelor's and get my master's because when you're in sports, and I think I talked about it last season, it's very hard, specifically in New Mexico, to be connected to the black community. And there's mm-hmm. so many different things that are done um, to keep us away from the rest of the uh, other students on campus, like us all living on South Campus and us mm-hmm. having to go to the pit and going to the football field and all that being miles away from main campus. Yeah. And now, um, with the new students, everybody's staying at Lobo Village. And so, me, I was lucky just because I got to stay on campus. Right. And I got to connect with people at least my first year before having to be siloed at Lobo Village. But Mm. I say that to say the Afro is really just a great way to get back into and integrate it into the regular student population and specifically black students on campus. Yeah. Because, again, we don't have that opportunity. Yeah, I I was so pleasantly um, 
like informed by Brandy that came on and our guests and just talking about what a huge role it plays for students. Like you said, it was a huge part of why you were able to push forward. And that support is so necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just hard being a, a college student in general. Yeah. Take it for, from me, from somebody who changed their major a bunch. <laughs> and, you know, you just go through a lot as a college student. So I think that having that um, center, that Black Cultural Center, is so important to people's success, yeah. you know? So that was a really good episode. Oh, yeah, I learned definitely. a lot. No, me too. <laughs> and then... Um, one of the harder ones to talk about and one that really got me emotional was mm-hmm. the law enforcement one, which yeah, that one, and Ooh. even now, like, I definitely think that we all stand in solidarity with um, our Asian brothers and sisters because mm-hmm. now they are dealing with similar stuff that we dealt yes. with, with. You have this white man killing eight of them, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's not, he's barely having any rep- repercussions from they're doing that. They're not even talking about him for what he is. They're saying, trying to dance around it and say, if I hear this whole bad day thing one more time, I'm going to lose it. Like, this man did not have a bad day. He's he's a terrorist. Yes. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think this is, you know, moving forward, we're definitely going to have to address that and— it's timely because we're having so many more incidents, not only in our own community, but other communities of color um, have seen an increase in, in violence and attacks because of, you know, white supremacy. Like, let's not forget all of this is happening in the setting of like a global pandemic. Yes. So we had, you know, the law enforcement episode and we were talking about all of the happenings, you know, with losing Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain Mm -hmm. and others And in the midst of, like, lockdowns and all of that. So I really think that that kind of added to the seriousness and the weight of what we're all dealing with as a community then and what we continue to deal with now. Yeah, definitely. And I just think that this system is completely flawed and there's so many things that need to be dismantled. But I just think that we have to continue to shed light on what's going on in the Mm -hmm. Uh, discrepancies in treatment when it comes to black people and people of color versus white people because it's like you say, oh, this person has a bad day, but we're yeah. wrong place, wrong time, and mm-hmm. we get shot and killed. Or, you know, yeah. we have a situation that happened in, oh, we're drug addicts, we're alcoholics, mm-hmm. we're um, offenders, all these different things. And it's just yeah. a continual cycle that is organic in the way that it upgrades in discriminating black people mm. and people of color. Yeah, you're saying basically it just reformulates itself mm-hmm. and it just represents itself actually with stronger ways of uh, oppressing yes. us, you know? So it really is um, important that we shed light, that we talk about it. Some people would say like, what's talking going to do? But mm-hmm you know, talking and discussing and shedding light on things helps to educate people, which does, in in fact, you know, help the problem. If people are educated, a lot of it is ignorance. A lot of it is, you know, just not being in people's faces. So it's not on their, like, care about radar. So I'm glad that we have this platform where we're able to talk about important things, tough things. Yes, definitely. But important topics. And just to add on to that before we go to the next one, really— needing to change the certain narratives behind Mm -hmm. 
the way people view black people and people of color because um, it's not just what you say. It's a lot of how you say it and Mm. the way that you shape the words that you're using. Mm -hmm. It's like that can destroy lives and destroy communities and we're seeing it firsthand. 100%. Yeah, we are. And so... Yes. Um, What is another one? We talked, we kind of touched on um, disparities of black women in healthcare. That was one of our uh, next episodes. And I feel like that one was also, so we have these different sects of this, uh, you know, established white supremacy, you know, kind of permeating our Mm -hmm. establishments, right? And so I was able to, you know, talk more and we were able to discuss drawing that parallel between how law enforcement is applied to us and how healthcare is applied to mm-hmm. us. You know, we don't get just like law enforcement, we don't get the protection, we get the victimization. Yeah. We you know, in healthcare, we don't get the protections they're supposed to be protecting our health and in fact they're harming us and killing us even in in some um, situations. So that one was also a little bit heavy, mm-hmm. I think, especially in light of, you know, I think when we did that episode, there were actually a couple instances that were getting some media attention where uh, one, for instance, there was a, a woman who went in and she was complaining of chest pains yeah. and they had her wait like, it was some ridiculous amount, like 10, 12 hours. And yeah. she actually ended up passing away and so that you know that is still happening and I think that you know we still have to continue to advocate for uh equal treatment and and just better treatment in general of black folk in those medical settings so I'm sure that'll come up as we as we go along yeah definitely and um speaking of health uh, I know another thing that we touched on was black mental health mental health yeah and with everything going on with the pandemic and mm-hmm. with all this police violence and, you know, just having these systems used to oppress us, mm-hmm. it's more prevalent now than ever to really take care of yourself yeah. and do practices that help you with self-care and doing things that you love and that you want to do mm-hmm. just to make sure that you you're good you know and again with this society and specifically in new mexico being minorities in the minority Mm -hmm. you know it just makes it a little bit more difficult to really make sure that you're taking care of yourself because there's not a lot of spaces Mm -hmm. and it's because the pandemic you can't physically go into certain spaces um to um interact with other black people but Technology helps. Though. Yes. It really does. And we're in the age, you know, it's 2021. We talked a lot about betterhelp.com, mm-hmm. which is a, a resource where you can go on and get very tailored. Um, you like take a quiz and, yeah. you know, they ask you all of these really um, profound questions about what you want to get out of your, you know, mental health professional and they pair you up with someone. So that helps, you know, even if you can't physically go see someone, I continue to see my therapist, you know, I'm not seeing her as often cause I'm not as, you know, I'm, I feel okay these days, but I check in with her, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's necessary. Like you were mentioning, you know, with the pandemic and with the stress, you know, people are losing jobs. And then we see all of, you know, 
the the stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. Every time you scroll through your social media, you're, you're seeing a video that's traumatizing, you know, about what's happening to us in the world. And so um, also we're in a world that doesn't really want to let black people rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I see that a lot of times in when it's like, especially the professional world where it's just pushing, 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 go, 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 work, work, work until you're just sucked dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we say take care of yourself and self-care knowing that it's not always that easy, but empowering you to do so because it's your right. Empowering you to just take a nap if you need to. You know what I mean? Because it, it really is your right. We really should be able um, to take care of ourselves. On that note, I actually read a study that white women get the most sleep mm. out of all of the subsects. And I'll have to, you know, check my my resource on this. I'll give that to you guys yeah. just to make sure. But yeah, white women get the most sleep. And I thought that was really interesting because... I, sleep is imperative for mental health oh, yeah. and we we can't even get rest. So I want to make it, um, you know, my, uh, make sure that I talk about resources and things like that when it comes to us taking care of ourselves through the, the season. I feel like mm-hmm. we should do that. Just offer those ways for people to take care of themselves. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and that's interesting that you say that, white women get the most sleep because I know their black counterparts, Mm -hmm. it's, there's just this narrative of don't sleep. You know, you're strong, you're Mm. powerful. You have to do this, this and that. You have to push through. And so just to see how it's like completely opposite, a complete 180 from how they um, are and what. Their experience. Exactly. Versus you all. um, It just, it just baffles me how, just again, the narrative behind self care and mm-hmm. being able to make sure you're good and being able to get essentials like sleep mm-hmm. is, I don't know. It just isn't that crazy. Like, we're in a society where the disparities literally come down to like how much you sleep. Yes. Right? Like, and I think that's really what we're trying to attack here head on, you know, as a part of like the movement to like elevate us and Mm -hmm. to gain, you know, equity and equality for our people is like when everybody is like getting the most sleep, when everybody's a homeowner, when everybody has, you know, the same economic opportunity, that's when we're like looking at equity and equality. Mm -hmm. It really does go down to that. Let's let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back with some more of the reflection of last season. Beautiful. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking around for this new season of Reeducated, a podcast where we're relearning, rethinking, and getting reeducated on many topics related to Black folks in our community here in New Mexico. Again, we want to thank the Office of African American Affairs for giving us this platform and make sure you go and 
and visit the website, follow on all social media platforms, and like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff that helps to elevate this podcast so that we can stick around and keep going on this journey of learning with our audience. So that was Better Sense that you guys heard over the break. And they do all of our recording and post-production. So we also could not do this podcast without Better Sense. So big shout out to them. Before we went into the break, we were discussing all of the topics that we covered during mm-hmm. our first season of Reeducated. And we had some really, really good ones. We had some amazing guests. We really were able to cover some topics that I feel like people relate to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and things that people are really up against right now. So uh, another one that we covered was housing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one. I mean, New Mexico, as we all know, if you're just a person, even without looking at the data, if you're a person that lives in the city of Albuquerque, but the mm-hmm. state of New Mexico, you see that housing is an issue. So we already know that for black folks, that's going to be amplified when it comes to those disparities. So we, we definitely touched on that and, and talked about it. (laughs) Yeah. You were like, that was a strong five minutes where you were just going smooth. You must've worked in radio or something. (laughs) Just for a little bit. All right. My fault. But yeah, um, definitely when it comes to the black community, housing is very, it's a very touchy subject just because again, the history we talked about in season one, there were so many things that the government, the federal government put in place to uh, pretty much marginalize and uh, pigeonhole black people from getting proper housing, uh, from being in certain neighborhoods. And it essentially came to the point to where um, there's like pieces of legislation that said, if you're black, that you couldn't do this or only white people could get these opportunities. And so still having that premise that was set for and that precedence that was set for white people having certain opportunities and black people not being able to go to certain neighborhoods or having to, again, fly for the white person's walk, we're still trying to break down those barriers and dismantle the system that the federal government and certain state governments created to, again, marginalize and oppress black people when it comes to housing. Yeah, and what's wild about it is these laws that we are talking about this wasn't that long ago. Yes. I mean, this is like, we're talking decades ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the big scheme of things. So the residual impact of that is going to be strong because like we said, it's not that long ago and we still see bits and pieces of those discriminatory um laws when it comes to housing in our housing laws today. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, active uh, work being done to still strip away all of that damage that was done uh, that has added to, you know, the wealth gap. As we know, housing um, and home ownership is a, is a large part of, of wealth mm-hmm. and building generational wealth. And when we've had this disparity for so long, obviously, you know, in this country, we started, you mm-hmm. know, in bondage. And then the bondage continued even when the physical chains were removed 
it continued in the form of those discriminatory laws in housing and and elsewhere. So that is a huge part of of um, you know fighting the mm-hmm. system that that brings us down is how do we figure out ways to to even the playing field in that yeah. in that in that area? Yeah, and just to kind of point out one of the things that you just said. This was not long ago. It wasn't long ago. <laughs> and that's, that's something, what's wild. And it's like when I uh, have conversations with like my mom and my mm-hmm. grandma, lucky to still have them and stuff. But um, when I have conversations with them, they are talking about stuff that was in the history books and the things and the stories and the content in the history books that I learned about growing up. They're very skewed, mm. but they like have things in black and white, and the narrative that they have makes it seem like, oh, this was so long ago. You shouldn't worry about it. That's all in the past. Yeah. When this is actually very prevalent, and there's living historical individuals that have mm-hmm. experienced all the things that we've had in the history books. Yeah, and it's Percent. like exactly, yeah. and it's I don't know. It's just the interesting dynamic that mm-hmm. we have to get over stuff. Oh, this happened so long ago. Don't worry about it. Nah, and, bruh. It was mm. literally not that long ago. It's within, you know, people's lifetime that, mm-hmm. we, like you said, that that are around today. So I'm glad that we were able to touch on that and, you know, learn more about, um, you know, the history surrounding that and and how we can you know, elevate and and move us forward and, and close that gap yeah. in in housing for Black folks in our community. So yeah, definitely. Um, just going to, into the next subject. I know again, athletics is big for me, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be interesting to just kind of talk about athletics now. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just been this movement, the let them play movement, which yeah. I have mixed emotions about it. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but man, it just, I don't know. It just feels like shoot, athletics wasn't even created to include us. And it went from being a privileged sport, which is still a lot of privilege in certain sports, but it went from mm-hmm. that to, okay, this is going to be the plantation mm-hmm. for black people and people of color to use. Mm-hmm. And then it's like with the sports that aren't as expensive, like basketball, soccer, football, where you just need a one ball. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, just the media attention and like the money that is made from it. And again, like people just wanting us to get back on that field. Don't worry about everything. Mm-hmm. I just want to see you play. Yeah. Well, and it's, what's interesting to me is like, let them play as if everybody wants to go during a pandemic and go, you know, sacrifice themselves essentially, because that's how some people feel yeah. like they're being thrown into the line of fire with this virus. And so it's so funny how it's, you know, even the the term is coined, let them play, where <laughs> yeah. it's like, makes you think that it's all of these athletes that want to go and want to do yeah. this when really it's the consumers. It's the people that are the onlookers and the the fans that are like, get back out there. Exactly. Like we want to watch. We want to be, entertain us. Yeah. That's what you're here for, you know? And I think that that really is kind of that undercurrent that we experience where it's just like, that's what you're good for. Like entertain me. Yeah. Entertain me regardless of a pandemic. Entertain me regardless of your health and safety. Yeah. That's what you're that's what you're good for. And just know? because I want to see it, just because I'm going through all this and stuff, mm-hmm. you have to help me get my mind off of the stuff that I'm going through. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you putting all this on us, all this on the athletes? Yeah. And one of the things that is more recent, I know we're going to talk about it more, but 
just to touch on it, with the All-Star Gate, the mm-hmm. All-Star Game, I remember LeBron saying that he didn't want to do the All-Star Game and they agreed not to do it. But mm-hmm. then it was probably fans like, why aren't we having the All-Star Game? What are we going to do? And it's like, yeah. people are forced into certain situations that they want to be in. And so... I can I can talk about that for hours, and that's gonna that's gonna be our next episode. So uh, make sure you tune in. But yeah, it's there's a lot of uh, very intense emotions with yeah let them play, and so one hundred percent. That's uh, we're gonna get into it this Mm -hmm. season because I feel like you know just setting the stage of if we think about where we are in time and like what this last year has really looked like Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, the civil rights movement that's happening right now in terms of the pandemic, in terms of, you know, um, just everything that's Mm -hmm. happening. It's just been a packed year. I mean, we, we have been through so much in a calendar year that it just paints a whole different stage for these topics. You know, like who would have thought we'd be on a podcast talking about, you know, athletics in the day and age of Mm -hmm. like a pandemic, right? Exactly. But that's where we're at. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Definitely. And um, the last thing that we touched on last season was just black employment. And again, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where there's such a— bad representation and I know I keep going back to athletics because that's what they <laughs> but you just look at um athletic institutions like universities and colleges and even high schools where you have all these black kids and all these people kids of color mm-hmm. or you know students of color and it's like where are the black coaches that are represented mm-hmm. where are the black administrators why is there a disproportionate ratio of yeah. black administrators to black students yeah and it's like, it's again, like a plantation style where all the black people are like pigeonholed, all the workers mm-hmm. are pigeonholed into a specific area. And then you got people who aren't black, who don't have the same experiences trying but to yet, tell you what to do and how to go about doing things. That's not even unique to education yeah. or to athletics or to, I think that in all of society, mm-hmm. you know, on a national level, look at the the cabinet, you know what I mean? Look at our government. And this is not a biased thing. It's not one side or the other. It's literally just like our government. Mm-hmm. We're all, you know, under the same government. And we haven't seen even a cabinet this diverse, you know, uh, a black female vice president. We have transgender individuals and all just kinds of people across the spectrum that we've never seen in some of these um, positions. Now people see themselves represented in these positions and that really does something for you and for the country, even not for just black folks, but for other people to see us, you know, in revered positions, Mm -hmm. to see us in positions of power. That really does do something to shifting the, um, you know, the dynamic and Mm -hmm. to see us painted in a way that's not disrespectful, that's not stereotypical, that's not, you know what I mean? I think that that representation is so important. So I was just drawing that comparison, kind of zooming out to the macro, you know what I mean? Because yes, in athletics and education, it's important to have us in positions other than the ones that are, you know, we're entertaining or we're, you know, playing the sport. But, um, be in all positions. We need to be represented at all levels. So Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And again, like you're saying, just to see how dynamic 
we actually are being showcased mm-hmm. in positions of power and influence. Like, we still have a long way to go, long but way. we're definitely making headway to mm-hmm. where we need to be. And that headway doesn't come without the work. In our everyday lives, making the changes that we can make, you yeah. know, being actively anti-racist, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're not a person of color, if you have a platform, make it a point to put black voices on your platform. Make yeah. it a point to showcase black art on your platform. Make it a point to, you know, step aside when it's really not your turn or your place to speak on something. Mm-hmm. Let the the person of color or that black person speak on that, you know? So there's yeah. ways that our allies can continue to to do the work as well as, you know, as we continue to fight and and do the work to to push this movement forward. So Yeah, definitely. And yeah. just segueing into the next thing, yeah. the amazing work that we do, we always have to recognize and just bring positivity to everything we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do an amazing job, especially again with our studio Better Sense helping us out with having the glow. And really just highlighting the glow that we have as black people to be melanated individuals and doing amazing, phenomenal work to mobilize our communities. Yeah, for sure. And just being. Because sometimes it's not always, you know, you don't have to do the most extravagant thing. Sometimes the glow is is just in who we are and in following our passions and in doing so that contributes to uplifting our community and our mm-hmm. society. So we always are going to make sure to highlight individuals, businesses, organizations within the glow that are doing amazing things and just shining, mm-hmm. shining, 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 shining. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and with, with that, this edition of The Glow is going to be two individuals. It's going to be Danny Golden, what? a.k.a. Clark, <laughs> and Better Sense with Marcus Scott, yes. with uh, Danny officially um, doing singles and doing release dates to segue into her first yes. official album. And you know, Marcus Scott and Better Sense powering that whole movement and getting her Getting her ready. And so I just had to, <laughs> for this first edition of The Glow, definitely have to highlight you and shout you out on what you're doing. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you can find all of my music, Clark's music, on all of the major platforms on Spotify, Apple Music. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Clark. So C-L-A-R-Q dot M-U-S-I. Q <laughs> Clark dot music on Instagram and yeah keep up with me and you can see also my updates on when I'm releasing new music on my United Masters page all of that of course is on my Instagram so just go to my Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and check out my very first debut single phone off on all of those platforms that I mentioned earlier I'm really excited about that single and excited to bring y'all the EP soon very very mm-hmm. soon yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to listen to it too. You know, I know Better Sense has a lot of uh, other projects that they're working on. And so I'm also excited to listen to those and get tuned in. And so, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. That really brings us to the close of our very first episode of the second season of Reeducated. Thank you all for listening. It's been fun. Remember to follow us on social media, the Office of African American Affairs. You can find on Instagram, Mm -hmm. Twitter. Yeah. What else? Uh, (laughs) Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, all those platforms. And if you go to the website at oaaa.state, 
www.nm.us. You can see it right here. Yay. I don't know if I'm a... <laughs> I'm like, should <laughs> I have... A, yeah, I know. Like, I'm going to just have something right here in this corner. <laughs> but yeah, you can um, you can follow all of our uh, social media and you can see all of our content if you go to our website at oaaa.state.nm.us. You'll always... You'll also... You'll also be able to see the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and for a little bit extra flair, you can see it on YouTube where we have the video components. We'll also give a little bit of behind the scenes and give some features to what's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So stay connected with us. We hope that you guys will join us for our next episode. And thank you very much. Like we said, go like follow, share, all that good stuff. And we will see you next time here for Reeducated. Deuces. 